0: Hi, my name is Frankie. Thank you for listening to my mom. I never listen.
1: Celebrities just keeps on rolling here with nothing but net. I'm so pleased to be joined by the head coach at the University of Nebraska, Amy Williams coach In your fifth year you're having a heck of a start so far. Tell us a little bit about how well your season is going, including that huge upset over Michigan. Yeah, well, I'm just
0: uh, so honored, first of all, to be with you today, Debbie, and and thank you for having me. I've seen the cast of, of celebs that you've had on Nothing But Net, and I feel, wow, I, I don't, I'm not so sure I, I'm worthy, but uh, I appreciate you having me with you, and I'm uh, very excited to talk about this group. I just, I love coaching this team. It's just such a a fun group that has a lot of personality and a lot of fight, and um, we've seen it early this year. Uh, we know that it's still a very early in conference play, but uh, we've been off to a pretty good start, and, and we're proud of, of being 13-1 and one here uh, early and that win over Michigan at home. Uh, we did some things really well to, to come away with that win, and we're hoping we can build on that and continue to keep getting better.
1: Well, you were the one of the, uh, one of the teams that was the longest uh, staying undefeated in the country. Uh, you had that streak going until just last week when you uh, lost to Michigan State. When you put your schedule together in the beginning of or last year when you put it together, knowing not sure what sort of team you were going to have. I mean, what was your what was your thought process? Uh,
0: to be honest, as we were kind of plunking that. Um, That there's there's still a lot of learning going on with the net rankings and trying to be incredibly strategic with that, but the one thing that we were really excited about as we were putting together our non conference schedule was uh, with teams like Creighton and Drake and uh, Drexel, and uh, San Diego, and, and teams that we knew were um, were likely to have a lot of returning players off of teams that were top 75 net teams from a year ago, that those were going to be uh, important opportunities. And I know a lot of people kind of look and say, well, you had to play, you know, BCS, caliber schools, whatever. Uh, but for us, it's really about uh, finding the teams that are going to give us the best preparation for Big Ten play and playing conference champions like... You know, even Wyoming, who won their championship and was an NCAA tournament team a year ago, you know, present some different um, challenges that we feel like really present, uh, really uh, help prepare us for what we're going to face in different scenarios. You know, we played Michigan State here early and they're huge. I mean, they're big and they had some things that forced them to play um, three bigs at a time. And and, um, then all of a sudden you play in Iowa where you know, they pretty much play almost like four guards or their four player can really step out and shoot the perimeter shot. And that's something that we, we saw a little bit when we're playing Creighton and Drake and some of that. So uh, we felt like as we were building that, we were really trying to do the best to position ourselves with the net rankings and to put us in a position to prepare us for Big Ten play.
1: So it almost sounds to me like you need a math degree sometimes to figure out how you're going to operate inside the net because that's it's one piece of criteria that I hear you say is top 75 returning starters are teams that you are looking to add to your schedule that may have won a conference championship I mean that's got to help your numbers right and now we've got all these efficiencies that we've added inside the net, how do you think that formula works. Yeah, we're
0: still figuring it out. And coincidentally, Debbie, I, I was a math a math and biology double major here at Nebraska in college. So, um, But uh, even that math degree, sometimes I still get a little bit um, confused about everything that's kind of going in. We're still figuring that all out of, of how all of the efficiencies work and how um, you know some of that works. But so far, uh, we're pretty pleased in our positioning that we've put ourselves in, and we're just going to keep controlling what we can control from here forward.
1: The only math you're going to get out of me is uh, the transitive property, which I talk about quite often. A equals B, B equals C. That means A equals C, right? That's all you got for me, Amy. That's it. I like it. I mean, what more do you need to know? My mom was a, um, a high school math teacher, uh, Debbie,
0: and she the number of times that she's heard, when am I ever going to use this? So, I mean, transitive property, what else do you need? I mean, that's something you can actually use. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I'm just trying to make myself look smart. I like to say I really don't care about academics. Uh, I don't even pay attention to my own kids' academics, (laughs) as long as they're responsible for what they're supposed to do. I'm not not one of those parents that has gone into the uh, portal to check on my kids' grades or to see if they're doing assignments on time. You've got a couple of daughters. Since you mentioned your mom was a teacher and you've got a math and biology background, how do you handle your daughter's academic work? Yes, I'm
0: very blessed that both of my daughters um, are uh, pretty responsible and reliable and they do their work and they um you know i never uh, get any reports that they are late on turning in assignments things like that um, and they both uh, really want to do well in school so i'm just like you i'm not i don't log into the portal i don't uh check in and check up on their grades you know uh, my my husband does a much better job of kind of uh, rewarding positive uh, behavior in the classroom and also kind of keeping track of maybe uh when they need to kick it in gear a little
1: you know amy that that brings me to um, a discussion i want to have with you about discipline because you know today we seem to always think that you know we're too hard on the kids or tough love's not a part of the equation or you know how supportive our parents are uh, with their kids being in college or are they over the top um, supportive are you the snowplow parent are you the helicopter parent you know I can tell you, when I was in college at, at NC State, we did have study hall our freshman and sophomore years, but my coach, Yao, her attitude was, if you're a junior and you have not decided by now that your academic work is important to you, then there's really nothing else that she can do. You already mentioned how you handle your kids. How do you handle uh, the academic discipline that comes with uh, running a team?
0: Yeah, the same kind of thing. I mean, we are really trying to establish intrinsic motivation within the culture of our program. Um, I feel like we would be really handcuffing our players for their futures if they always need a carrot dangling in front of them or a kick in the butt behind them in order to do the right thing. And uh, there's going to be a time real soon for each one of them when they're getting up and going to their jobs that... Um, They're going to have to motivate themselves to do that, and they're not going to have a boss that's always giving them a reward if they do the right thing or kicking them in the butt if they're not doing the right thing. And so uh, we do believe in discipline. We want to hold our players accountable, but uh, we are always working to find ways to establish the intrinsic motivation within our own players so that they are uh, prepared for what's going to come in their life after basketball.
1: You know, I, I personally love that because I've always been one that rewards the positive instead of punishing the negative. So when it comes to basketball, I've seen uh, coaches do push-ups if their team out rebounds another. I've seen coaches run uh, sprints if they hold their or if they don't turn it over more than 12 times. You got anything like that that you're thinking about with you and your staff to hold your team accountable? Well, um, I can say this when we didn't
0: rebound it well at Michigan State, we lost. And that was pretty much all the motivation that we really needed. I mean, yes, we could have came in and done a suicide for all eight rebounds that we got out rebounded by in that ball game or whatever. But it, in my opinion, um, that shouldn't hurt worse than the fact that we lost a ball game because we decided not to do what we needed to do to take care of the rebounding. And so um, I think you know, w- watching the film in slow motion and having to know that I just let my team down right there by not doing what I needed to do was, uh, was at least with this team so far has been all the motivation that we've needed.
1: Well, let's talk about this team a little bit, Amy, because uh, as an AP poll voter, I personally had you in the poll for four straight weeks until you lost to Michigan State. And my attitude on, on your team, having watched them play was great ball movement, good positional work, good position, work good point guard play, size up front. You can read. There's a lot of different ways that you have the ability to play. And I thought you did play a challenging schedule because of the things that you've already outlined about who you play. So then you lose to Michigan State and I take you out of the poll. Then you come up with this huge win over Michigan. Tell us a little bit about your team. Take a little bit of a deeper dive into starting with Sam Hybe and then working your way into the post play.
0: Yeah, I think the 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 one thing that we're really excited about as a coaching staff with this group is that we we have. Um, we have pretty good depth and we have pretty good balance and we've been able to uh, win games by really just um, paint points, paint points, paint points, just really pounding it inside off of post feeds, but also penetration. And, and we've been able to win games because we've really shot it well from behind the arc and had a lot of different people contributing. Um, you know, we've been able to grind out wins. We've been able to kind of run to uh, high scoring games that we, you know, and so we've been able to pro- uh, I think show up to this point. And I think, you know, starts with Sam Hybee. Uh, She's just great leader. I think early this season, she got a little bit of a slow start because she was kind of a little dinged up. And so she was playing through some things. She was not getting the repetition that she needed, not just in practice, but outside of practice, you know, like all the uh, additional extra work that it takes to be a confident shooter, confident finisher. Um, she was she was trying to limit her reps in those areas to try to kind of work back to being healthy. And so I think that affected her a little bit. And we were very fortunate because during that time frame, you know, Jazz Shelley was amazing and was really carrying us and we were leaning on other people. And uh, we've been able to do that throughout the, the early parts of this season is just be able to lean on different people. I think um, Izzy Bourne, Sam Hybee, they've got the most experience in Husker uniforms. They've done a great job of just putting their arms. Around kind of a talented, excitable group of freshmen that has really just brought a a, a belief to our program, an energy, kind of spark, kind of a competitive spirit. Uh, I don't know if it's naive belief, but kind of that naive. They think we're going to win every time we step out there, and and I and I love it. You know, they they maybe the fact that they don't know what big of a grind the Big Ten is going to be. They um. You just come into it with just an energy and a spirit and an expectation to win. And then um, you couple that with a couple of players like um, Ashley Scoggin, who I, I really feel like has has benefited from not having to be a secondary ball handler for us. It's freed her up just to kind of play her game, be a more catch-and-shoot uh, shooter. Uh, she worked really hard in the offseason to uh, to lock in and improve her abilities in those areas. And then a special player like Jazz Shelley that um, transferred in and just makes everybody on the floor better
1: when you start looking at the the big 10 and how balanced the league is how tough the league is and you're in your fifth year amy are you sort of trending where you exactly thought you might be at this point i mean there's so many variables in the game now when you take a job there's you know um the transfer portal and now we've got this era of name image and likeness so there's a lot of things that are on your plate when you're trying to build chemistry and put a team together What do you see in the next couple of weeks with where you're trending um, with with some of your um, stats and some of your uh, level of play?
0: Well, I like what we've done so far, but we're certainly not where we need to be to to be able to trend, you know, to to we're going to still have to make improvements drastically if we're going to make the type of run and um, finish in the Big Ten where we want to finish. And so I think our kids, uh, just we just keep emphasizing to them is that we've got to make the most growth that we possibly can each and every opportunity that we have to be on the court together. And um, I thought that after our loss at Michigan State, Eight, we probably made more growth than we did maybe in our previous two ball games. And so um, I'm proud of our kids for using that tough loss. So I don't want to lose, but um, for, for using that to be able to uh, to springboard us um, a, into kind of another level of expectation. And so um, I think, you know, um, we're all, as head coaches, we always want a little more you know, we always want to be a little further along. We always want to be, you know, uh, but I think you're right, is that in my um, time here at Nebraska, I have really been pleased with the steady growth of our culture and moving towards, like you mentioned earlier, the um, intrinsic motivation and not having to punish kids to get them to do the right thing. And just, you know, and, and I've, I've been very pleased with the steady progress we've made uh, so far in those areas. Um, but I think leading through transfer portal and all the changes and a pandemic that you kind of really have to be willing to um, control what you can control and let things roll off your back and, and uh, move, you know, it's very fluid and sometimes that's hard for us kind of control freak head coaches.
1: (laughs) Well, you're all the same. Uh, You're all very competitive and you're all very highly motivated Uh, when it comes to, Um, laying out your own plans, Amy. You've had success everywhere you've been. Five years at Rogers State, which was an NIAI school. Uh, Then your time in the Summit League at South Dakota, where you won a WNIT championship. So you know what championship level basketball looks like. When you get ready to put your practice plan together for the next time that you play, are you at a point right now where Your vision has allowed you to advance steadily in your planning, or are you kind of like, is it the old two steps forward and maybe a step back kind of approach?
0: Um, To be honest, you know, I feel like there are times where it's two step forward and one step back, and it's not something that, you know, it's just part of rolling with the punches and, and some things change that are out of your control. And when you're dealing with, you know, um, with what the last year and a half or two years has brought our way with, with, you know, sometimes there has felt like two steps forward, one step back, but, um, but overall, when you look at the plan and what we wanted to do when we came to Nebraska, um, it has shown that gradual progression and doing things the right way, the way we wanted to do things Um, you know, by the book and, and um, with great people and hard workers and, and um, people that are tough and gritty. And just every time we get out there, you know, you know, there's going to be a fight and that's, that's um, I I think we've been able to accomplish that.
1: Isn't that Nebraska? I mean, isn't that the way it is there? I mean, great facilities, great fans, you know, when it was the big 12, I was there many times. I've experienced that crowd I've experienced the arena, the downtown and all of it it's really a, a remarkable place. And if you've never been there, you really don't understand exactly what it means. Like when you step out, like for the Michigan game and you have the kind of crowd that you have, regardless of the weather or whatever the conditions are, your fans show up. They do, they
0: do. And we are so blessed to have the best fans in the country. I just uh, feel special and, and you know, I, for me, it was such an honor to wear Nebraska across my chest as an athlete here at Nebraska. And, and I grew up in a small town in South Dakota and I kind of knew about the Huskers. I mean, it was one of the closest kind of like, you know, big, big college programs, um, to my, to my hometown. But, um, but until I actually got here and got to experience that myself as a player and just how passionate and how incredibly supportive this fan base is. And then now to be back leading this program right now, it's just, a it's a, Pretty special feeling for me, but just um, what an honor it is to be a part of the University of Nebraska. People here, it is—it's just uh, Nebraska tough, that kind of Husker tough, and that's um, that's what we're striving for—is to represent this state and our flagship, uh, you know, university, and um, and our whole state in a positive
1: manner. Okay, so you got small town South Dakota. Your mother was a teacher. Uh, you know, you're an academician, you know, if you're a mathematic biology major, I mean, forget about it. We're lucky to even have a conversation. I'm sure geometry comes into play in your planning with angles and screening and all that. Where did you first fall in love with the game? My dad um, it was a high school basketball
0: coach since before I was born and up until after, you know, just a few years ago. So my mom and dad were both high school teachers at my high school. So my sophomore year, I had my mom teaching me for algebra. My dad was my computer literacy teacher. My dad was my basketball coach. Like there was no getting away from um, from them. <laughs> but um, but I can remember before I could even probably walk. Um, sometimes I'd take my roller skates to the gym and roller skate around the edge while my dad was rebounding for my brother. And then eventually the ball ended up in my hand. And, um, I was really fascinated at an early age, just learning from my dad. I was the one that always wanted to come home and watch film and, and break down and hear, you know, um, his insights and, and pointers and, you know, learn as much as I could about the game. And, and so, uh, I think when I caught, you know, I, I was planning to go to medical school I, I at Nebraska, I did all of those lab classes. I took my MCATs. I was applying to medical school and, um, I called my parents and said, I think I want to coach basketball. And my mom was like, you want to what? <laughs> but my dad, I think was, um, you know, it's in his blood. He knew it was in my blood. I think he completely understood and, um, he's been a pretty, uh, Proud Papa, I think, ever since. and and when I had that opportunity to come back and uh, they were here for my press conference at Nebraska, um, I think my mom finally let go of the idea that I might go back to med school someday.
1: <laughs> As a mom with two daughters, I'm a mom with three boys. I know how sport has impacted our lives, and I know how important sport is for the overall well-being of any person to be active and involved in. Uh, But to compete at the highest level that's another that's another piece of it right as a mom with two daughters, how do you want sport to have an effect on your daughters.
0: Um, yeah, that's such a great question. And I think about it all the time because I couldn't have two more different daughters. Um, and my oldest is a sophomore in high school. She's a, uh, my husband was a division one men's basketball player, and he graduated from UT San Antonio as the all-time leader in assists and steals. Um, my oldest daughter is incredibly competitive driven. Um, when she was seven and I was watching film one time, she's like, oh, why did they switch to zone defense? And she she knew <laughs> that they switched to zone and that it was a bad decision. I mean, she's um, she won a state championship as the starting shortstop of her softball team this fall. She's a starter, starting point guard on her high school basketball team, and she started on the number one soccer team in the state as a freshman last year. So a, a really highly competitive and and um, high achieving athlete. My youngest daughter is um, is she is, could not be more opposite. And, you know, she plays sports and she likes it, but she really wants to know who's bringing treats and, and um, you know, it's more of a social and, and um, but for me, wh- the way I want sport to impact both of them is, um, is to teach them about teamwork and accountability and um, being a part of something that's bigger than yourself and how rewarding that that can feel. Um, I know that sport, um, when I asked my parents who had four children um, all of which were pretty high achieving my younger sister is a head coach at a division two school in Minnesota Minnesota state Mankato and and her team is right now really playing well only one loss on the season as well and uh, my older brothers are both you know um, college baseball players that um, are excelling in their professions and when I asked my parents you know What's the secret to being a good parent? As I was kind of jumping into it, they said, "Keep them busy," you know. And and I think sports can really, you know, um, can do that. It gives you something to go to, to be proud of, to be a part of, you know. And and not just, um, you know, teach yourself new things that you you, you never thought you could do and be, um, but also just uh, to to be a part of something and and keep you busy and keep you out of trouble. And and uh, that's how I would love to see sport impact my daughters.
1: Amy, if you could have a, a parting shot, uh, a word of advice to a young coach that's listening right now that may be getting their start at uh, a place like Rogers State or something, you know, at a smaller level that aspires to be somebody like you, what what would you offer?
0: My number one uh, piece of advice would be surround yourself with amazing people and that's what um you know god i feel like has blessed me with the ability to put good people around me and it makes my days so much more enjoyable but um it just i think sometimes you know uh there's a temptation to feel like i have to hire somebody with the most experience and the most that can bring this and and the truth is if you bring great people around you that are great relationship builders recruiting will take care of itself. If you um, have great relationships, people that are not um, egotistical, don't care about who gets the credit, um, that are similar to you. uh, I think the best thing I've ever done in my coaching career is just uh, surround myself with people who are smarter than me, who are better than me, who compliment me and, you know, bring things to the table that I can't. And then, um, to not be, um, self-conscious about that and to let them, you know, play to their strengths and, and continue to look at it, um, as a team.
1: Amy, we couldn't be more pleased to have spent some time with you here on Nothing But Net. Thank you so much. Right out of practice, uh, willing to come on and, and spend some time with us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Debbie. Thanks for having me. It's great to visit with you today.